not lose that personal connection? How do we train our staff? How do we do a better job of, um, of getting to have an intentional conversation with the customer? Yeah. service yes especially uh, as it pertains to technology and yeah. how things are changing in the retail space absolutely hey before we jump in I wanted to let you guys know uh, we're drinking our navigator blend again today um, our navigator blend is the blend that we use on our uh, batch brew coffee for most of the most of the time every now and then we got a single origin on batch in our stores um, but most of the time you come in you're gonna be drinking navigator so um, if you have tasted it before, you can buy it online, vagrantcoffee.com. Um, otherwise, uh, feel free to swing by our stores, and chances are it's on brew. All right. Well, let's uh, let's jump into today's topic. Yeah. And this is one that um, I feel like has kind of sped up in the wake of all this COVID-19 stuff. Yeah, for sure. So uh, with the massive reduction in retail staff, we've had to get pretty creative in how we interact with customers and how transactions happen at the stores. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where this conversation is coming from. So this is, is by no means a scripted conversation. We're just kind of thinking through things in real in real time, which has kind of become a habit with us. Yeah. Which is kind of the direction these podcasts are going. Um, but it, it's a fun conversation. So, um, so let's talk about what started this conversation. That, that would be our kiosks. Yeah, absolutely. Our kiosks. So... Uh, as you can see here, um, we're we're changing our location today. We're in the Inner Harbor of Baltimore. Uh, it's a really beautiful day out, and beautiful days create uh, more opportunities for people to come into the Inner Harbor store. Right. And um, when they do that, they kind of come in mass. Yes. And when that happens, we found uh, our traditional way of doing the register wasn't enough. Right. Um, it wasn't quick enough. It wasn't efficient enough. We were missing out on opportunities because of the volume of people coming in. Right. And so we thought, well, let's change it up a bit. Yep. Let's, uh, let's see what we can do to work on this. And so we thought, well, what is a way that we can let customers ring themselves up? Um, and how can we make that process more efficient? But I think also within that conversation is we got to press toward the future. Right. Uh, it's 2020, and a lot of other places are going towards something a little bit more technologically advanced. Whether it's an app, or a kiosk, or um, something, we knew we wanted to be on, on the future, uh, right. on the future trajectory of whatever that was. Yeah, we wanted to be forward thinking. Um, and as if any of you guys have ever used the Square Register, what we noticed in training new employees is it takes about 12 seconds. Mm -hmm. It's so well set up, and it's so intuitive and user friendly that uh, bringing a new employee on, it, it literally took minutes to get them up to speed on how that worked. Yeah. And we figured if, if we can have employees doing this in a matter of minutes, then maybe we can just have customers do that directly. Maybe we can take that out and we can, more, we can streamline the transaction part of your coffee experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things to consider for us, though, was 
how do we want to interact with a customer? Right. Um, it's never really fun, I think, to uh, have a customer welcome them into the store and then get into that transactional conversation. Right. Um, you telling us what you want, us telling you how much it costs or how we do that. Right. Um, but that really wasn't anything revolutionary. Right. It was just you know the basic stuff, and we thought. Well, that's not really where the, the pizzazz and the fun of a customer interaction is anyway. So what if we automated that process a bit? Right. So we began thinking through how do we appropriately automate that? How do we make it work really well and still do all the things that we want to do? So um, we started looking through different programs and different operating systems that allowed us to do a kiosk really well, show the customer what we have, uh, maybe even give a picture of how we, uh, how we do that. Um, and then they would be able to ring it up themselves and pay. Right. Um, so we found a system where we could do that. We implemented the system, and now um, it's been a couple weeks now. But each of our stores has this kiosk ordering system. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was a bit of a learning experience to get the technical part of that up and running, so that the customers could have a seamless interaction with that program. Yeah. Um, there is lots of taking pictures of every single item. There was lots of rethinking the structure of the menu. Um, there, there was a lot of work on the front end of that. And, um, and I think what we ended up with was a system that's, that's pretty intuitive. Yeah. yeah. But it's also a system, if you're not careful, uh, it's real easy to not have any interaction at all with the customer, which Absolutely. is not the goal. Yeah. So this, the whole situation was born out of um, out of necessity because with the whole COVID-19 thing we couldn't have nearly as many employees working employee or the, the transactional part of your coffee experience is really the bottleneck as far as right. what takes the most time with the employees uh, so so it, what started as necessity we're finding is looking like a really great opportunity long term as long as we can figure out that customer service piece yeah. we don't want to lose our one opportunity to have a positive interaction with our customers. Absolutely. So yeah. the question is, how do we change that? Going forward, how do we address that customer interaction part? Right. So the way that I've always thought about it has been there's a transactional communication that you do with the customer, and then there's the intentional communication that you can do with the customer, um, asking them how are you and about their day, what their plans are, those sort of things. Because the reality of the transaction is transaction depending on if a customer knows what they want or not, which can really be the sticky point. I think people come in and they look at the menu and they're not sure yet, and so they take up some time. Um, and so when you have a skeleton crew working, you, you can't do anything other than to be with them while they read something. Um, so with that situation gone, and customers being able to do that at their own pace, we're able to talk with them and um, discuss whatever it is that we're discussing while we make the drink. Because it only takes us about 45 seconds to a minute and a half to make most things on our menu. Right. Um, but most of that time was taken up at the register. That's probably a good two to three minutes at the register while somebody decides, and then there's that. And so we were able to streamline that process a bit more, but then it comes into this customer service aspect of how then do we interact with customers? Sometimes people come in and they've got the headphones in and they're looking down or looking at their phone and they're not really paying attention. And maybe that's what they want. They don't want to interact. They just want their drink and they want to be on their way. But that's not necessarily what 
what we're thinking all the time, we would like to leave a lasting impression on them that's positive. Um, so kind of, it's the reality of if somebody's on their phone or if they've got their headphones in and they're listening to music, there's really not a whole lot we can do other than creating an aesthetic environment that's pleasing. Right. But if they're not, um, and we do have conversation with them, we want it to be intentional. Yeah, so I think that it kind of gives us the opportunity to create an experience no matter what your intentions are when you come in the coffee shop. If you want to have that interaction, we need to, to make that a possibility. Yeah. We need to be available to have a positive customer service interaction. Yeah. If we don't, the kiosks allow us to let you keep your headphones in, let you not have to have a conversation with the barista if you're not in the right headspace to do that. Right. Um, but it requires so much more intention on our staff's part, on our part if we're behind bar, which we often are, on, on kind of reading the customer and being able to figure out what their expectations of service are in that situation. Yeah. Because absolutely. it does vary a lot. Yeah. Um, so I, and it really forces us to rethink the entire process of how that looks. That employee on one side of the counter and customer on the other side of the counter situation is more and more starting to go away with all the technological advancements. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. When you're able to have that transaction uh, on a kiosk by yourself without having an employee have to help you through that, and you can do that every bit as fast as it would be to communicate it to an employee who then puts it in, um, it, it really reframes the whole way that you can interact with customers from behind the bar. Yeah. And I think even now we're thinking about maybe that means a different like ground up design when we open a new cafe. Like, yeah. It goes all the way back to the ground level of how do we create a space that we can have a more intentional, positive customer yeah. interaction. I think a lot about uh, the history of uh, food service and customer interaction. Right. Um, how a lot of times historically you'd go into a place, you'd go up to the counter, you would place your order, and uh, different companies did it different. Um, like uh, you remember, I don't know, I especially remember it at Wendy's when they had that loudspeaker microphone yes. and how you placed your order and then they would yell it to the people in the back. And I remember thinking, like, I don't want to do a custom order right. because then you have to yell it and then listen to people groan in the back um, about that. And so that's always been kind of weird. So that's that's one way of doing it. But then you fast forward to the to the future now. Right. Um, and I remember the first time I went to a McDonald's that had the touch screen on it. Yeah. And I think I was in an airport and I was going through and I was saying, like, this is really different. Yeah. Uh, I put in my order. I put in my name. I paid for it. And then next thing you know, you have some grumpy person shouting out a name or a number. Right. Um, and then you get your food and go. And I remember thinking, like, well, sure, this is the food that I ordered, but yeah. this experience is no longer what it used to be. The, the magical whimsy of what I remembered as a kid is right. now gone. Um, and we're in this new space. And okay. I get that it's more efficient. I get that you're going to make fewer mistakes. I get that you can upsell better. And all the different choices are there. But what about that magic? What about that connection? Like, I want to I wanna see somebody who's happy to see me, which yeah. I get in a, in a food service environment, a coffee shop. I may not always actually be the case, but I'd like to feel like that's the case. Like, yeah. you're happy that I'm here. Yeah, well, I mean, I think going back to, like, sudden it's like you realize oh I could I could just get half the normal amount
is people are getting more specific with exactly how they want um, their order, and and that makes the experience better for them because they know what they really want is they want an extra hot latte. They want whatever you know special things that they and not everybody wants to communicate how uh, how specific that order is to a barista because yeah. they feel bad about making it. Yeah, they cold. do. Yeah, they do. But it, it really gives the customer an opportunity. Putting it all out there, we let the people choose without having to interact with anybody in an awkward way. Yeah. Um, so after they do that, after they put their order in, um, then it pops up on our screens because um, we use screens and not paper tickets, and we see how that order is laid out. We see their special notes if they've got any notes that they've added, um, and then we're able to call them out by their preferred name, right? Uh, which I think is also huge. Yes. It's not an order number. It's not. Um, whatever the drink is, it's, it's their actual name. And you're able to have more of that in, intentional interaction with them. Yep. Where you're able to say like, oh, Robert, here's your here's your order. Um, have a great day. You know, I hope, you know, whatever it is that you got going on goes well today. Yep. And I think that that's special. Yep. Like, um, especially since I get to put the, the name in and it's not necessarily what's on the card. Because yep. um, I know if I put in like a business card, like that, that doesn't make sense to people. They don't know this business. Yeah. Um, or if they pull the name straight off the card, maybe that's not the name you go by. Right. And so by being put in your name, it gives that little special touch. And and even just having to communicate a name to a barista, a lot of times uh, that's not heard correctly or it's misspelled on the ticket, and that causes more confusion when the next person has to make it. There's so if the the person ordering it gets to type in their name, how they know it's spelled, yeah. how they want to be called out, um, that that even that is a special part of the, the interaction. Yeah. For so, sure. so the question is, if if we're removing the transactional part of the interaction, how can we make up for that? And not make up because it's, I feel like that's a part of the interaction that most customers really don't want to have. Mm-hmm. But how do we lose that personal connection? How do we train our staff? How do we do a better job of, um, of getting to have an intentional conversation with the customer? Yeah. There's a couple pieces to that. One is... Uh, which we could probably discuss on a different episode, this concept of tipping. So unlike other restaurants or bars, um, people tip for coffee in advance. And so that's usually done as a sign of you did good work, I'm going to give you a little bump, a little extra. Um, But with coffee, you're tipping in advance, and you can see usually how much that person has tipped. Now, we don't like to let that affect how we interact with people, but we can see that other people care and they want to be intentional about their giving, and so we want to we want to factor that in. Um, but I think also when a customer is done ordering their order, then you have some time where they're waiting on you and a savvy barista is able to talk while they're making a drink. So if you're close and if you're wanting that interaction and conversation, that gives that time for that some phrases and some things 
day. Um, and so you got to kind of play with that a bit um, by asking them like, oh, what do you, what do you got going on today? Um, that's a good open-ended thing where people can kind of jump in at their leisure and say like, oh, I'm, you know, here with some friends and we're just hanging out. You can ask like, oh, where are you going? Or, you know, those sort of things. I think those are, those are a little bit more of that step of intentionality. Um, but sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes you try three or four inroads and you just get shut down every time. Yeah. Um, I think I think as far as training goes, it's so important to be able to teach people how to read a situation, how to be able to tell just by body language what that person's expectation are. If somebody places an order and then steps to the farthest part of the room that they can possibly be in, yeah, turns their headphones on and looks at their phone. Most likely, they don't want to talk to you. Right. And there's right. nothing wrong with that. You can't force a conversation on people who don't want to talk. Um, as as a self-described introvert, that's me a lot of the time. Um, and and so my my kind of um, thoughts on how a customer service interaction went may be different than how an extrovert would think customer service went. Yeah. If I absolutely. walked into a room and and placed my order with no problems, got the correct drink, and walked out the door without talking to a single person, that's fantastic. Mm. That yeah. It went really well. But if that happens for uh, an extrovert, maybe somebody more like you, um, you might not read that as great customer service. So so the training really has to happen in the reading the situation and being able to tell by body language and, um, and, and letting the barista figure out what is the interaction that this customer wants and how do I give them that interaction. Yeah, I think uh, for me on the customer side, um, some of the things I look forward to are seeing people smile, like an actual smile that's not fake and it's not a sarcastic smile, but something that's genuine and kind of a genuine uh, curiosity about like what's going on for you and why are you here, what brings you here. Uh, if I'm a regular, uh, it's nice when they know my name and they ask about things. Uh, if I'm not, it it, it is great when someone wants to treat you like you soon will be a regular, right? And so they get to know you a bit. Um, but sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes I'm from out of town or I'm traveling, and like you, you still want that genuine, nice interaction. But that is a lot of energy for someone who's working there to have that same kind of go get them attitude towards getting to know everybody who comes in the shop, yeah. which is also asking a lot. Yeah, it's mentally exhausting to be in that yeah. space for eight, nine hours a day. Yeah. Five days a week. It's, um, I mean, especially for an introvert, but really for anybody, yeah. that that's an exhausting place to live. Yeah, um, and that's something that we're still learning about for sure. Trying to figure out how to teach that to our staff. Um, I read a book called Disney U, where it talks about how you actually create the, the happiest place right. on earth, like Disney has done, um, because their people are are in that happy place for long hours, all day, every day, until. Exhausting. Um, so we want to be in that space too. We want people to have a genuine, happy interaction in our in our places. Uh, so we're still learning and still figuring out how do you cultivate that within the staff, right. so that way they're bringing that A plus service to absolutely every single customer who comes in the store. Yeah. But I also think that sometimes customer service can go a bit awry uh, when a customer comes in and they don't like what you got going on, uh, when you don't have what they want, or when they're just otherwise grumpy or how to have that conversation with them too can sometimes be tricky. 
that we get this a lot with whether it's a food item or you know a blended drink that another coffee place has and people are looking for it on our menu and they can't find it um, that's when those intentional communications i think are really important how we say to the person like oh we, we actually don't have that we have this instead um, and i think that we get that a lot as a coffee coffee company um, people come in all the time and they say like oh uh can i get you know this type of drink that they usually get at a different coffee place right. um, that that's a big one that's a big one people come in and ask for you know grande caramel macchiatos all the time and we we get the opportunity to say that's not a drink that we do that's a drink that starbucks does um but here is something that is incredible in nature and this is what we can do for you that's been a really big piece of figuring out that customer service how do we connect yeah. it to what people want Yeah, I, I think um, it's an opportunity when you don't have something that people are looking for, if it's handled correctly, to come out even stronger yeah. Than, yeah. Um, than otherwise. So, this, again, I think that comes back to the staff like reading the situation and being able to tell, like, okay, you're, you, this is your expectation, and we have something different, but how can we still meet quality expectations without meeting maybe your specific drink expectation right because it might even be better right. which we've heard from people yeah, for sure where they taste it and they're like oh this is way better than what i was used to getting what is this called or yeah. you know how can i get this at this other place and it's right. like oh these are the words that you use um and then it works out pretty well for them yeah. i think yeah. yeah and it's one of the things that i think is a little bit unique about the coffee shop business as opposed to the restaurant business because you don't typically walk into a new restaurant and have very specific expectations of what's going to be on the menu. Right. Yeah. Um, it's more similar in a lot of ways to to a bar, perhaps, where there's there's kind of some expectations on what the classic drinks are you're going to be able to order. Right. Uh, and but everybody does it differently. An old fashioned at one bar is different than an old fashioned at WC Harlem, which has the best old fashioned. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think in a lot of ways, coffee shops are are in that that kind of vein where. Uh, there's some expectations on, generally speaking, what there's going to be on the menu. And people will come in looking for what's at their normal coffee shop and can oftentimes be disappointed if they don't see that exact thing. Yeah. And so being able to kind of work through some of those things. And, and that is one challenge where the kiosks have been tricky. Yeah. So there are definite downsides to that if people are looking through that menu and they know they have a specific drink they want and they're not seeing it on the menu. Are they really going to leave that kiosk and walk up to the front counter and then have that interaction, or are they just going to be able to? Are they just going to settle for whatever looks the closest and be disappointed? Yeah. yeah. So it's one of the challenges we're working through and trying to figure out. Okay, how do we address problems before they become problems, right. and how can we recover from those problems better? Yeah. Um, so sure. we don't know all the answers. Uh, I know the technology has made a lot of things much easier for us and streamlined and made things more efficient. Uh, and it's in increased the, sales even. It's, it's increased sales. Uh, theoretically, if, with a lower uh, labor cost, it will mean lower prices. Um, so there's a lot of great things that technology is doing, but it also creates some new problems yeah. that has some real, very real challenges that we'll have to figure out. Yeah. 
and then by extension, because you can order from your phone now, uh, which is kind of a hybrid, I guess, between the kiosk and the register, right. uh, where you can still see all the menu items and you can still, you know, customize your order. Um, doing that customer service interaction with one more step removed, right. where you're not even in the store. Right. You're on your couch or you're walking around downtown and you yeah. want to pick up something in advance or, or you want to order in advance so you can just walk in and pick it up and grab it. That's great. We want to be able to offer that service to people. But then how then do we set up that customer service piece both on your phone and in the store to make that really exciting and fun? And how do we make clear the expectations to the rest of the customers uh, that that just because you're standing here doesn't mean that your drink is the next one being made? Right. Because yeah. we've run into that. I mean, we're we're 200 yards from our Inner Harbor store right now. We could place an order on the phone right now as we walk over there, and it'll be ready. Yeah. Even if there's somebody in there that had just finished on the kiosk and doesn't understand how did that guy just walk in after me and pick up his drink before I got mine. Yeah. I find that to happen um, all the times I go to Chipotle. Right. And I order on my phone. Right. And um, I want to be able to walk in and get it. And, of course, I would say, I don't know, half the time I walk in and it's not ready yet. Right. And I go up to the register like I'm supposed to do. And I say, hey, I'm here to pick up my order. And they say, oh, they don't have it yet. But there's a long line because yep. I'm smart and I'm ordering it during peak times. And then they've got to bump somebody who's been standing there in line right. for a long time. I just walked in and my order's getting bumped up to the front. Right. And they've been standing there for 15 minutes. And now their order has to wait. Right. And so from a business side, that's a lot of customer service skills. Right. Being able to communicate to somebody like, hey, I'm sorry, this order came in. I need to do it. You'll be with you in just a moment. Yeah. Um, but that inconvenience can sometimes be overwhelming for people, especially if you're in a rush or you got stuff you got to get to. Yeah, um, and, and I think people's mentality will shift as, as that becomes more and more prevalent. I think people will get used to that idea where most quick service type places are going to have an option to place your order outside of the normal, come stand in line, place your order, go stand in the other line, pick up your order. Yeah. Like we're moving away from that model more and more. And so people are starting to understand that more. But there's still times where people are upset about, yeah. that person walked in after me and got the drink before me, what the heck? Yeah, yeah. And being able to address that as well is another one of those challenges that as this technology is just moving forward so quickly um, and fixing a lot of issues that we've had, mm -hmm. it's also creating other issues. Yeah. And hopefully it's fixing more issues than it's creating. That's the goal. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, but but navigating that and, and really understanding the big picture of what this means for the customer experience mm -hmm. and addressing that proactively I think is so important as yeah. you think through some of these new technology pieces. Because yeah. ultimately I think when you're going to a place for food or drink uh, you want to be able to go in, you want to be able to place your order um, and you want to be able to get what it is that you ordered quickly. Right. Um, we live in a very fast-paced world. You don't want to wait in line. You don't want to wait in the drive-through. You just want what you want when you want it. Right. And we're trying to figure out how does a business keep up with that. We'll right. never be as fast as instant. Right. Um, that is that is not something. But we're working on it. I just read an article. It was the craziest thing. Amazon knows so much about your order history and preferences. They're working through systems to be able to pre-ship before you actually order 
because they already know that you're going to order it. See, that's that's the future. It's a little bit terrifying. That's the future. It's a little bit terrifying, but it's but that is that's as close to instant as you're getting. Yeah. They know you order whatever it is, coffee. Yeah. This often, and this these are your buying preferences. On this day, you're gonna place it. And so it's going to show up at your house 30 minutes later because yeah. they already sent it out. And I think that's weird when it's a company. It'd right. be different if you're working in an office and you have an assistant and you walk in in the morning and they right. hand you your coffee because they know what you get every time. Right. That's that's fun. That's yeah. nice. But when it's a company who says, yeah. hey, we've been tracking you, um, yes. then it seems a bit, um, I don't know, robotic and futuristic in a negative way. Yeah. And so there's that careful balance that we want to do. Yeah. I think it's even the case when a regular comes in and they haven't placed their order ahead and you know they get this every time and then you start making it from the moment they walk in the door. Right. Some customers are, ex- are excited about that. Like, yeah. wow, you know me. You know I'm a regular. You know what I like. Yeah. This is great. And then others get really weirded out. Yeah. And they say, like, how long have you been watching me? And what I if know. I want to change it up? And those sort of things. And so it's a careful game. Yeah. Yeah. Really careful game. Yeah, but it, it's exciting. I think that that the things that technology is opening up and allowing us to do, uh, it will increase our level of customer service. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to come with some complications. It's going to come with some some very intentional conversations about how you're going to frame this, about how you're going to set up your stores, about how you're going to interact with customers. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it's an exciting time, and it's fun to watch, and it's fun to be part of. Very, very fun. Very yeah. fun. So I'm going to go ahead and place an order on my phone right now so that you can get it going and it'll be ready by the time you get over there. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. But until next time, we'll see you. Yeah. Have a good day. Hey, everybody. It's Josh and Jared with the Vagrant Coffee Hustlecast. Tune in every Tuesday for new content at vagrantcoffee.com. Please like, share, and subscribe. Drink Vagrant Coffee. And keep hustling.